Next on BYU Sports Nation, Athlon Sports ranks all 130 starting quarterbacks at the highest collegiate level. Where does sophomore Zach Wilson fit into the list? Does he deserve better? In the spirit of the United States 13-0 win in the World Cup, what's the most satisfying blowout win in Cougar sports history? Plus, BYU tight end Baroni Lapututau joins us. The latest on his injury recovery and how BYU football can rediscover the magic at home. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is up? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, June 12th, wherever. However, you're connected. Great to have you with us alongside a man who designs paintball courses. His name is Jerem Jordan. I am merely Spencer Linton. I've never paintballed, ever. And I don't plan to. Fun fact, <laughs> neither have I. Yeah, I've, I've never done it. I don't welcome the idea of welts on my body. Oh, you don't want to be hurt? <laughs> Why would I choose that? That doesn't sound fun. Just yeah. leading with several bruises. The idea of shooting someone else is, is fun with the paintball gun. Yeah, No question, but, but you can do but that with airsoft guns and darts. Yeah. Well, and... I, I don't want airsoft either, right? Like, no. Okay. No, I, I just don't want it. <laughs> Bill Belichick apparently uh, tagged Kyle Van Oy. Apparently Bill likes this. Of course he does. He's probably subtly violent. You know what I've learned is a lot of football players like paintballing. In fact, I think well, it's a common violent. off-season activity yeah, for BYU football. play a violent game, right? Yes. Especially the defensive guys. Makes Belichick total sense. is a defensive guy. What does that say about us, the guys that wear makeup and talk about sports in studio? We're the offensive guys. <laughs> Here's today's show lineup. Moroni Laulupututau, the senior tight end, recovering from injury. He joins the show, and we'll ask him how BYU football rediscovers the magic at home. BYU football and their record based on the Athlon Sports quarterback ranking of Zach Wilson. How does that all correlate? And, Jerem, we open up something that uh, has been patiently waiting your 10 in 10, the best teams, 10 and 10, that BYU will face in the 2019 schedule in order. Yeah, the, the next 10 weeks, well, 11 weeks, we'll take a break the week of uh, July 4th. Yes. Top 10s, right, uh, for the opponents. So we'll uh, get you ready for the season. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. As mentioned, Athlon Sports making news. They rank BYU sophomore quarterback Zach Wilson at number 46. In their list of all 130 starting FBS quarterbacks, among BYU's opponents this season, Utah State's Jordan Love hits the list at number 12, and Utah's Tyler Huntley comes in at 16. Huntley's a little high for me. Love I get, though, after last year. He put up 3,500 yards passing. Sure. He was awesome. Cougars in the NFL practice update. Saints quarterback Taysom Hill threw a TD pass in practice yesterday. It must be June 12th if, that, if that's a headline. But it's still making the news. And Seahawks, well, it's a tweet. Seahawks defensive end Ziggy Ansah is reportedly participating in walkthroughs. Won't participate fully until training camp. He's recovering from shoulder surgery. BYU women's volleyball All-American Mary Lake helps Team USA beat Poland today in China. Lake handled 27 receptions, added eight big digs. The U.S. moves to 8-3 and three overall in Volleyball Nations League play and will conclude the fourth week of matches tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern against host China. In recent grad, Ronnie Jones-Perry, the pride of Copper Hills, has been selected to the USA Women's Pan American Cup training team. They will host Canada in a pair of exhibition matches 
this weekend. Perhaps Alexa Gray will be on the opposing team. It's great to be great at volleyball at BYU. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Let's play Rank That Quarterback. Athlon Sports already did it for us and placed BYU sophomore QB Zach Wilson at number 46 out of those 130 FBS signal callers. That said, do we agree with their assessment? Jeremy, is 46 for Zach Wilson too high, too low, or just right? Hard to really know unless you know all 130 FBS quarterbacks, and I don't claim to do so. But I'd probably put him in the 50 to 60 range, um, so perhaps a little high. He went 4-3 and in his starts, didn't win the two big games, right, but had an amazing finish in the bowl game against Western Michigan where he was 18 of 18, right, and his efficiency was like 1 million percent or something. I'll continue to mention um, this fact. How do we know Zach Wilson's a good quarterback? His efficiency rating. He was a 157 in those seven starts and in those eight games he played. That means he's heading in a, a good direction, okay? If he would have uh, played out the whole season and had a 157, he would have been 13th in the country in that regard. And efficiency tells us everything about his game. It's one thing to show a completion percentage, which in this era is skewed because there aren't as many intermediate and deep throws. There's a lot of underneath, right? I think if uh, if Zach Wilson and BYU are going to be good, which would be an 8-plus win team, he's probably got to be in the top 50 quarterbacks in the country to get to 8 wins. I think he's for sure in the top half. 46? Why not? Seems fair. Based on the limited knowledge they have on Zach Wilson, and for any, for that matter, the limited knowledge that we all have on Zach Wilson. We're going off the games are public. Not even a full season. If anything, I'd prefer to undervalue him. Just to drive the fire a little bit more and That's let him ex- what we do. Let him exceed expectations. <laughs> I expect BYU to win seven regular season games, and where Athlon has him ranked, yeah, coincides with that. Seven and five. He's uh just inside the top fifty. It's great. It's a it's a nod to Zach. I thought he had an outstanding last eight games for BYU. His efficiency, as you pointed out, is off the charts uh, for somebody his age. Yeah, why not? Forty six. Great. Yeah, it's yeah. it's whatever. It's it's June. It's yeah. great. I love the list. I'm gonna make my own list today. I love the magazines. Most of that is not predictive. It's more based on who's returning and thus predictive. Hard to know what kind of jump he'll make, right? Will he be one of the best BYU quarterbacks ever and all of a sudden BYU is winning 10 games the next three years? That's that's the best-case scenario, right? The worst case is that his shoulder isn't well in the Utah game, right? And and Jaron Hall's got a player, whatever. Like, let's, let's hope that it's somewhere in the middle where Zach Wilson's a good player, the schedule's tough, but BYU is winning at least eight the next three years. Undervalue him. Let him exceed expectations. Everybody wins. That's, we'll never – we're not doing that. You know that. Uh, now to topic two. The United States women's soccer team beat Thailand 13-0 in its World Cup opener. Uh, what? A lot of discussion about uh, sportsmanship, the blowout, blah, blah, blah. So we asked the following. What's the most satisfying blowout win in BYU sports history? Jeremy, I'm going to 1996, BYU against Utah in the Mountain Division Championship game in Salt Lake City. Crucial game for BYU, who was having a magical season. Utah was 6-1 and one in whack play at the time. They were a good football team. BYU had to win this game to get into the WAC Championship and keep their top 10 national ranking. I think they were number six going into this game hugely satisfying victory. That was the last time BYU blew out 
Utah. And the last time BYU beat Utah by more than one score, 37-17, BYU ran wild against the Utes. Steve Sarkeesian completed seven passes, but Ronnie Jenkins and Brian McKenzie ran for a combined over 300 yards and just deflated the Utes. That was a very satisfying victory for BYU. 20-point win against a good Utah team to clinch the Mountain Division Championship and, of course, set themselves up to win a dramatic game in Vegas over Wyoming, another Mm -hmm. ranked team. And then the Cotton Bowl, miraculous interception, Omar Morgan, 19-15. This was a huge game for BYU. I was 13. I was in the Utah student section with my BYU fan, Ute student uncle. Love it. And Utah fans were throwing donuts at us before the game. Like, who throws donuts at another human? Yeah, please. Will somebody throw donuts at me? Well, I didn't dare eat it, though, because I thought it would probably be poisoned. Uh, <laughs> my answer, 2008 versus UCLA. You got me tickets to this game. I did? Yes. Oh, sweet. Uh, BYU had lost to UCLA in 07 with a sophomore Max Hall in his second or third game by 10. And then BYU beat the Bruins later that season by Ethan Manu Malayuna blocking a kick. Now we go to 08. It's a 70-degree day, 64,000 in the stands. It was a great day to beat down the Bruins. 59 nothing. 35 points in the second quarter alone, seven touchdown passes, which tied a BYU record for Max Hall. He was the talk of the town, the town being the nation after this game. It was so it was on versus did anyone have versus? Versus sports. Versus who? UCLA. Uh, it was great. 59 nothing. UCLA was perceived as being on equal footing with BYU. This is a quest for perfection year. BYU starts 3-0. Just things are just, just great. It was a dominant Power 5 home blowout win. UCLA had just won a big game that season under Rick Neuheisel. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, maybe this is the turnaround for the Bruins. And then they come to Provo. On UCLA those hasn't done anything 59 since to Troy Aikman. The most right. overrated college football team in America. Yeah. Your UCLA Bruins, but BYU what Sports Nation. is the biggest blowout in BYU history? That's not it. That's our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This is also the game in which BYU Sports scored the most points in program history. 1980, 83-7. Yep. So 76 points against Texas Western, a.k.a. Utah. What's up, Jimmy Mack? Wow. Okay, other games that we have to mention. 2014 versus Texas, of course, was so satisfying, right? <laughs> 41-7. It was a 6-3 game at halftime. Yeah. And then BYU second just half. goes Boom. gangbusters in the second half in Austin. 89 versus Utah. BYU's up 49 nothing. They pull tight end where they bring him back in. 70 points. 70-31 to 31 win in 1989. Uh, 85 versus Washington. Uh, 31-3. to 3. Washington thought that they should have won the national title the year before. So it was like, okay, who's the real team the next year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 31-3. Robbie Bosco. And there and there are a bunch of others. I know Cougar Stats sent in a great list. The 06 uh Oregon game, yeah. Yeah. Just pay- Well, they didn't want to be there. Well, then you stink. Just show up. Not our here. problem. You you showed up at the bowl game, you played. Play. Let's go. All right, let's go to topic 3. There are a few things greater than a game 7 oh. of a championship series 
In professional sports, tonight the National Hockey League presents that very scenario. Okay. With St. Louis playing for its first ever Stanley Cup. They've been around for 52 years against storied Boston and the Bees. The Bruins, Game 7 oh, in Bobby Orr. Boston. Jeremy, let's brainstorm that type of hype and excitement at the BYU level. What is the Game 7 equivalent in BYU sports today? To me, it's anytime BYU plays Utah in football. It's one game. It's once a year. It's 60 minutes. It's for a ton of pride. BYU and Utah in football every stinking time. And starting in 95 through now, uh, unless the game's on the road and I'm producing here. I've been to every single game in person. Like, I have not missed the game. I love it. Okay, um, men's hoops, West Coast Conference tournament title game. Yeah. If you win that, you're in the NCAA tournament. And a lot of times, BYU's had to win it to try and get in, and they haven't. So, to me, those are the two that come to mind. Yeah, I, I agree. Both of those answers are right on par, just with the buildup, the hype, the excitement. And like you got to uh, win that it's game. It's one game, right? It's one game. One game for a notable cup. Everything on the line. I would probably throw in an NCAA tournament game for BYU basketball. I felt an in crazy amount of, of pressure for, for the guys. I'm not even playing in the game, but I felt it for the guys in 2015 when they were taking on Ole Miss in Dayton in the first one. I just wanted BYU to get to the next round. Just get nice. to the next round. The program standards to get there, it's not to win. So I didn't feel that kind of pressure. See, personally. in 2015, I felt like it was to win a game because they had been in 2014. They lost to Oregon. They got back in 2015, and it was the first four. No, no, BYU's got to win that game. You barely got in, so you're like, well, at least we got it. You're up 17 and a half <laughs> on Ole Miss, and they lose that game. And BYU hasn't been back to the NCAA tournament since. So I, I was I, having I, fun until that last part. Yeah, I'd throw, I'd throw in the March Madness factor, but yes, BYU-Utah in football, the West Coast Conference basketball championship game, and if BYU gets into the tournament, yeah, everything's on the line. It's one game or your season's over. Yeah, I'd like to get to the point where we expect to win there. Maybe it's watching BYU do something they've never done. And we've seen a few of those recently, like uh, host an Elite Eight in women's volleyball and clinch your final yeah. four spot. You'd been ranked number one, and so you're supposed to defend home court. And BYU fun. did. It was, 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 was epic for cool. sure. Our question of the day. Back to the blowout uh, status for Team USA in their 13 to nothing win. Or Thailand. What's the most satisfying blowout victory in BYU sports history? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. From at Grizzfather, the answer is 1A, 89-70-31 against Utah. 1B, 1983-55-7 against Utah. 1C, 1980-56-6 against Utah. And 1D, 2019 versus the Utes. Well then, uh, those are all great ones. I would, uh, I was talking about how losers, talking about margin of victory. That's if you lose. But so Utah's been had this amazing eight-year, you know, eight-game stretch, right, of beating BYU, and only two of them was it a like a blowout, right? Even these good Utah teams aren't blowing out lowly BYU. But in the '80s, sorry, it wasn't even close. <laughs> it was like F- an FCS team playing a top twenty-five team. Come on, Chris, father, you have to wait how many days for the answer to one D? Countdown to the Utes. Seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. We are sub three months. It's good. Why you in Utah? It's good. It's still three months, but. Not even that. Uh, sub three months, right? Right. We're uh, twelve days <sighs> minus that. Let's go. 
Bar, uh, Brad Oates, number 78. Shout out to uh, another great BYU football player in yeah. the mid-70s. He's a member of the BYU Hall of Fame, 1988. 78 days away. Brad Quaker Oates. Let's right. go. Diabetes. Coming up, the debut of the 2019 10-10 series. Previewing BYU opponents today. It's the top 10 teams BYU will play. And BYU tight end Moroni Lau Lupututau joins the show. What has to change for the BYU senior to help his team rediscover winning magic at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're less than a week away from BYU Football Media Day. Join us starting at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern for web chats on BYUtv.org and the app, followed by a full day of programming on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Joining us now, making our crew a crew of three, is Moroni Laulapututau on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. MLP, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm doing great. Other than football, what's item number one on your summer agenda? Other than football, pass all my classes. <laughs> that was a very quick answer. Well, spring <laughs> semester is uh, just about to end, so what classes are you in this semester? I'm in a global leadership stats, and then I'm going to take in construction law next semester, too. So you're taking two classes in spring. You, you, are, you are trying to get out of here, right? <laughs> I'm trying to get out of here. I've been here five years. It's too long. Yeah. Do, do you graduate in December or walk in August and uh, chill a little bit during uh, the fall? Yeah, it, that, that's the plan, December. Gotcha. But we'll see. Yeah. Five years. It's been quite the journey. Obviously, multiple injuries. Liz Frank, you know, that kept you out of uh, you know 2017. Then 2018 in the fifth game against Washington, you get your knee just wrecked. So it, emotionally, what is this season like for you as you go into your senior year? Uh, anxious to play a full season? Yeah, I'm anxious, excited, and honestly, out of all the seasons, it's weird, but I feel like this is the one where I feel the least amount of pressure. Um, just because I've been here, you know, five years, I feel comfortable, and honestly, I have nothing to lose now. You know, this is a this is make or break for me after all those injuries and. Uh, I'm just going to go all out and see how it goes, you know. So there's no pressure for me this season. When do you feel like you'll be 100% both physically and then there's the always tricky part of trusting your knee 100% with the mental side. So when do you feel like you're going to be 100% in both of those aspects? That's hard. You know, I ask myself that every day, honestly. When am I going to be 100%? So I don't, I don't have an answer for you. I can tell you that, you know, yesterday I was running routes, you know, nothing too crazy but pretty smooth and, I feel good with where I'm at, so I'm not trying to focus too much on the future because then I get a little anxious and, you know, there's there's always doubts and whatnot, but I'm trying to focus on day-to-day and where I'm at now, and I feel good with where I'm at. Do you feel like in 78 days you'll be uh, close to 100%? <laughs> you're really trying to get a number out of me. Huh? <laughs> I just want to know if you're going to be ready for Utah, baby. <laughs> that is the plan. That is the absolute goal. That's my plan. I'm set on being ready for Utah, so. What kind of role do you expect to play within this revised BYU offense with Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback now? I think that's to be determined, honestly, because uh, last season, I mean, we still have all the same staff, but uh, things have changed. You know, we have Zach, and so we're going to cater to him and his strengths, and so the offense will 
adjust accordingly as well. And so we'll have to see where we fit in. You know, we have a lot of good tight ends, a lot of good receivers. We just got in a few backs. So I think we're still kind of all asking the same thing, and I think we'll find out better during fall camp. It certainly needs to play itself out, but when I see the opportunity that is having you and Matt Bushman play tight end together, I'm I'm thinking like Chad Lewis at Tulamili '96 type stuff. Um, how do you how do you feel about that tight end tandem and the possibility of what you guys could do this year? I mean, it, it feels great, honestly, and and working with Matt and not just Matt, the other tight ends, but especially with Matt, you know, you know, you have another tight end who has similar mindset. And we both expect great things out of each other and ourselves. Um, we definitely both expect to be great. And so I think, you know, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited for what it, what the season entails because I think we can do big things. Um, if we can stay healthy and you know, keep our minds focused, I think we can really, really do big things. BYU senior tight end Moroni Laulapututau with us on BYU Sports Nation. Moroni, three of the first four games against Power 5 teams and three of those four are at home. Sorry, four games against Power 5 to open up. Three of the four at home is what I should say. What has to change for BYU to have great success at home again? Because it's been a few years since you've really dominated on your home field. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we realize that same thing, and, and we've already started. So what we've decided is we need to have a better offseason. We need everybody to buy in. Um, and so we're already in the process for – to have a better experience at home, to win at home. And that started with our PRPs, our player-run practices, getting together as a group, as an offense, you know, when the coaches aren't there, and everyone buying into the system and just working hard now. Who's leading the charge in those? Who's the one organizing <laughs> those in the, in the text groups? Sorry, say again? Who's, le- who's leading the PRPs? Who's, who's running the show and the communications and then when you're there? Uh, I think it's a good collective group but uh, I'd say the most outspoken people are probably Tristan, Mike, uh, James Empey's pretty good at it uh, Matt, Zach, Jaron, whenever they have the chance, Joe Critchlow, so there's a lot of guys they just take the reins whenever someone someone else can't so it's a pretty good collective group Maroni, uh, you may have heard and we've brought it up probably 78 times in the last 16 days that BYU opens the season against Utah what do you think about opening the season against the Utah team that many experts think could win the Pac-12? Honestly, I can tell you guys, none of us are even thinking about what they're doing. I bet a lot of us haven't even heard that. This is my first time hearing that. So we're really not focused too much on what they're doing or really care what they're doing, to be honest. We're just uh, focusing on ourselves. So. Last year, you had to watch that game. Um, and, and that was a game that obviously BYU is in a great position to win and uh, doesn't. Mm-hmm. So how, how has that affected the offseason for you guys, knowing, hey, we get a shot at these guys for the second time in three games? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of the losses last season were second-half losses and so close. You know, the past two seasons have been like that. So our big thing this, this offseason has been finish everything, workouts, um, conditioning, we just have a finishing mindset in the weight room, in meetings, everything. We're just focused on finishing. So I think uh, we've improved a lot in that sense, and uh, I think we'll see it in the season. You didn't play in spring ball, but how did you get better? Uh, I definitely got better <laughs> emotionally and mentally, you know, just just investing more in myself and be able to do that and then 
uh, staying on top of the film and, and helping, being able to help the younger guys actually helped me um, internalize and know the offense better and be able to understand my technique better because I had to teach it and help them out. So in that sense, I think I got better. Rone, uh, Jeremy and I feel strongly that when you went down, BYU lost a huge part of the run game because you had developed into this great run blocker and pass protector and were a huge part of the offense that way. How have you grown so much as a blocker since Jeff Grimes took over the offense? I mean, I, I didn't block before Jeff Grimes took over. It's a 100% turn right there. <laughs> I mean, before that, I just wasn't really a I – didn't, I didn't block. So I knew coming in that I had to pride myself on my blocking or I wasn't going to get on the field. And Coach Grimes and the staff made that, you know, very clear. And so they helped me reach that point. And the technique was, was different, but uh, it came along. Give us an idea of what's gone in uh, to your name. Not only your first name, of course, which is unique from the Book of Mormon. Fellow Book of Mormon name guy here, okay? Uh, but also your last name, because I think, did you make a switch in high school or something? I did, I did. I was I was known as Moroni Stephen Lee until my sophomore year of high school. And what was the cause for the uh, change, and, and what's the reference? Yeah, so my... My biological father was a Lee. He uh, he passed away when I was 19. Um, but my stepdad came in, kind of, you know, saved my family. Um, so we decided to take on his name, which was Kututau. But I didn't want to get rid of my mom's name because he's been there since day one, which was Laulu. So we actually went and legally created a new last name and combine the two to Laulu Pututau. So we're the first generation Laulu Pututau. So there's not another one on earth. <laughs> and uh, Laulu is your mother's maiden name? Is that what it is? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Laulu gotcha. is my mom's maiden name. Pututau is my dad's. Very nice. Oh, my fantastic backstory yep. there. Uh, Moroni, yep. let's talk about some of your teammates. Which of them is surprising you with their individual progress this offseason? Oh, teammates' progress this offseason. I think, as a whole, the offensive lineman is really surprising me just because I always see him out there working, doing extra stuff. Um, individuals, I really like uh, Lopini Katoa, his work ethic. Um, Talon, you know, he's working hard. He's got a lot going on. He's still real reliable. Um, Matt, you know, he's doing work. And then the new backs are looking good. So there's just a lot, honestly. Everybody's kind of focused. I, I can say out of all the years, this is one of the most focused groups we've had and bonding groups. So Now, wait a minute. You didn't mention either of your brother-in-laws on the team. <laughs> well, they're defense. You know, I don't yeah, really... oh, okay. Yeah. Did, I, mean, I didn't know we were extending, the, extending that. <laughs> so Trajan and Keenan, you married their older sister, Kira, who used to work here. She's great. Yeah. Um, Keenan and Trajan, tell tell us about your brothers-in-law and how awesome they're going to be. I think uh, Trajan, you know, this is year. He's been a uh, he's been reliable uh, all four years, and this is senior year, so he's looking to do big things. And then I'm really excited about Keenan, and uh, I won't tell it to him to his face too much, so hopefully he doesn't watch this. But uh, <laughs> this guy has some talent, man. He has honestly, he has potential to do some big, big things, and. Uh, 
whatever his role will be, starter, backup, he will be very reliable. He's a very talented, good player, so I'm excited for him too. Are you obligated to be a road roommate with one of those guys or home roommate? To be a what? A, a road or home roommate in the hotel? Do you have to be with those guys or can you be with somebody else? <laughs> No, I see them enough. I see them every every <laughs> Sunday for dinner. So. Yes, I, I can I can venture off. <laughs> I need some space. Yeah, exactly. That, that is the correct answer, Moroni. Great to talk to you, man. We appreciate the time, and uh, let's give you some more BYU Sports Nation karma for your road to recovery and, and your classes. Right, spring spring uh, classes there. <laughs> and the classes. Thank you, guys. You got <laughs> it, Moroni Lalupututau. First generation name. Learn the backstory yeah. to it. I I didn't exactly know the story, so really cool to hear. And and again, I've been pubbing him hard. He's my kind of breakout guy that we haven't seen have that full season of whoosh, right? I think he's going to be a big-time player on the offense this year. Joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. And he's had some of the more iconic catches and plays in independence. Yeah, he's, he has great hands. He turned into a good blocker. I, I think he's got an opportunity at the NFL. He's got to be healthy all year, though, because he's had two injuries. He went on a mission. He's a little older, that whole thing. But he's got a shot at the NFL. So he's a senior, and uh, this is his last try. He's He told us he's playing with the least amount of pressure he's ever played with. So that perspective has lended itself to perhaps his best performance, we hope, this year. Let's go, man. Yeah. Coming up, who is the best team BYU will play in 2019? And BYU football's record based on Athlon Sports Rankings. What do they have the Cougars winning in that W category? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation continues live on BYU TV, simulcast on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143. Download the podcast when you can. I guarantee you will learn something about Moroni Lau Laputatau that you did not know in regard to his name if you haven't heard that interview. First of his name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As we learned. There you go. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Athlon Sports ranks BYU sophomore quarterback Zach Wilson Number 46 in their list of all 130 starting FBS quarterbacks. BYU has a few highly ranked opponents leading their teams at quarterback. Utah State's Jordan Love at number 12 and Utah's Tyler Huntley off of a significant injury in at number 16. Cougars in the NFL practice update. Saints quarterback Taysom Hill threw a touchdown pass in practice yesterday. Seahawks defensive end Ziggy Ansah is reportedly participating in walkthroughs and won't fully participate until training camp. Ansah is recovering from shoulder surgery. BYU women's volleyball star and All-American Mary Lake helps Team USA beat Poland today in China. Lake handled 27 receptions, added eight digs. The U.S. moves to 8-3 and three overall in Volleyball Nations League play. They'll conclude the fourth week of matches tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern against host China. In recent grad, Ronnie Jones-Perry has been selected to the U.S. Women's Pan-American Cup training team. They'll host Canada in a pair of exhibition matches this weekend. Okay, Jaron, we talked about win-loss records in regard to the quarterback rankings of Athlon Sports. Because if you have the better quarterback, typically you're going to win that game. Not always, but it feels like if you win that matchup, you have the better quarterback, you have a good chance of winning. Sure. That's why we felt so good with Taysom Hill. It's like, you know what? There's probably not going to be a lot of guys that show up that we feel like are better than Taysom Hill. Okay, so if you base the win-loss record off of only quarterback rankings, according Mm -hmm. to Athlon, Zach Wilson at number 46, 
We're asking, do you think Zach can be better than any of those quarterbacks above him and help BYU win a few more games? Or is Zach too high and maybe the expectation is a little bit too high? And it's there are five quarterbacks ranked ahead of him. So seven, seven and, and five. five. Seven if, and five. If that meant you win that game. Let's list the five above Zach. We've already mentioned two of them. Jordan Love, Utah State at 12. Tyler Huntley, Utah at 16. Jacob Eason of Washington in at number 26. Former Georgia quarterback, transferred, local guy, former five-star, 6'6". He's good. He's good. Jared Garantano of Tennessee at 35. Don't agree with that one at all. And JT Daniels of USC in at number 40. Daniels is 40 because of what he was ranked at of high school. He's not ranked that because of anything he did at USC. He was, he was good. He got hurt. Another guy came in at a great game. USC was 5-7. and seven. Um, I think he won five games as a starter. Like, what, I, I'm not sure why he's so high on the list other than what I just said, was he's ranked high in high school. So then Zach Wilson's 46. Okay, so should Zach be higher, or is it a matter no. of a guy like JT Daniels and Jarrett Garantano being lower? Well, I think those guys, uh, one, play at Power 5. I, I think the rankings are, are fine. Garantano, no. Yeah. I think Daniels, I, I, I understand why he would be there. I don't think he is, in my opinion. I think that Zach Wilson can match up. With uh, with Huntley, with Eason, with Guarantano, with Daniels, okay. I think that Jordan Love is a is a better quarterback right now because he's a junior. Um, but again, that that system, and I'm going to break it down in the uh, ten and ten coming up in the next segment. I think Zach Wilson could be uh, he can match up in almost every game that BYU plays this year, and and that's the excitement. Why was BYU so awesome in the late seventies, early eighties, early nineties? Because they had the better quarterback in almost every game. When you go into the game and you have Jim McMahon, you think, no matter what happens, no matter how far we get down, we've got a shot with this guy. And so he creates a hope, and that hope is uh, infectious throughout a team that, to say, you know what? We can do this. We can go and win this game. We're down 21 at Boise State. We can come back and be in a position to have a chance to win, and we should have won that game in Utah. We should have won that game in the players' minds. So it's exciting to have a guy like Zach Wilson, to have a guy like Jaron Hall waiting in the wings for his opportunity should it occur and and it's football it happens right so that's exciting i think zach wilson's better than all the quarterbacks below him as well should we expect byu to win more than seven games that that's the question i'm gonna say no because we need to see what zach is off a shoulder surgery we need to see how byu fares against four power fives to start this yeah this is all assuming that he's 100 percent healthy and back to himself yes and we need to and that he continues to grow if he's the same guy then you still lose at boise state right we think that he's going to make a better decision and throw it away in that in that situation not eat it and lose right also BYU's going to the eastern time zone we've talked about if that team ends up being a winning uh, a team with a winning record BYU hasn't one that they won one game since '82 in the Eastern Time. One zone. out of 19. So you're going there four times. You're beating UMass, but you're playing Toledo and South Florida and Tennessee. Those are all challenging games for sure. Don't sleep on Buckshot Calvert, the uh, Liberty no. signal caller, in at 103 yeah. in the list of 130 FBS starting quarterbacks. It's a nickname or a middle name. His first name's Steven, but the dude goes by Buckshot Calvert. <laughs> He he took down Baylor on the road and had this like 400 yard game with three touchdowns or something, and thus was the the legend was born or something. Blake Barnett, South Florida, 55th, former five star guy. Um, 
that's why he's up that high. Sure, he's a guy and, that and worries then, me a little bit because of the Eastern time zone. Yeah. yeah, Toledo played two quarterbacks. Boise State, Chase Cord played sparingly for Brett Rippon, who was ineffective at times last year. Ryan Agnew is a returning guy at San Diego State, but he wasn't that good. They were bad, 99. So Zach Wilson's going to be one of the best quarterbacks uh, on BYU's own schedule the whole year. Later, one of my 10 and 10s will be quarterbacks. I'll break it down in depth. So Chase Cord of Boise State, I feel like this is a huge advantage for BYU that he is a younger quarterback in terms of game experience having to come to Provo and make that tough road start against BYU. That's the only time BYU's beaten Boise State is they've had that quarterback that wasn't that experienced that made his first road start. It actually was Ryan Finley who ended up having a nice career at NC State later, uh, by the way. So, And guess what? You know who would have been the Boise State quarterback on this list? It would have been Zach Wilson. But he changed his mind because BYU changed its OC and they went hard after him. So now Zach Wilson's the guy for BYU. Ah, my how the turntables. Yes, it does, Michael <laughs> Scott. So let's see if, if Zach Wilson is the better quarterback in most of the games BYU plays. I think there's two or three where he's equal to or just behind. Like BYU could lose the game against South Florida. You know, against Blake Barnett, even though he's ranked lower, but right. the Cougars could beat a team like Tennessee or USC, maybe. Like, and they, yeah, these rankings aren't everything, but I like the idea that Zach Wilson will be in the mix most of the time. Be the better quarterback in the majority of BYU's matchups. And again, that doesn't mean you're going to win, but it certainly helps. As right? a sophomore. Yeah, as a sophomore. When he's a junior, it's like, okay, he's one of the top three on BYU's schedule. Coming up, what minor leaguer is an all-star this season? And of the 12 opponents that BYU will play in 2019, Jerem ranks them from 10 to 1. Our 10 and 10 begins next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Six days from now, we'll have a two-hour special for BYU Sports Nation's coverage of BYU Football Media Day. Join us Tuesday, June 18th, 12 to 2 Eastern Time. BYU Sports Nation continues mid-June. We are in game form with our question of the day in honor of Team USA's 13 to nothing win over Thailand. 13 to nothing in a World Cup soccer match. More like lose land. What is the most satisfying blowout victory in BYU sports history? At Nomad Coog tweets in, BYU's 70 to 31 win over the Utes in 1989. The Cougs put up 750 yards of total offense and mm. scored eight touchdowns and eight drives. We had Ty Detmer under center. Maybe in August, Zach Capona can channel his inner Ty Detmer over the Red Menace. That'd be a momentum starter. Listen, I don't need 70 points. Or a uh, win. you know thirty one point win, uh, a thirty nine point win. I need a one Just point win. win. Yeah. That's all I need. I'm not picky because I'm a beggar. Now, Jerem, the question is, where do the Utes rank in your top ten teams that BYU will face in 2019 over the next eleven weeks? Because we're going to take a break during the week of July fourth. Yeah, I just can't do it the week of July fourth. But ten <laughs> weeks, ten and ten. Different lists. Everybody loves lists, including mm-hmm. us. And Jerem has done this now three years running. This is season three of this, correct? Is it? Yes. Season three of 10 and 10, beginning with the top 10 teams BYU will face in 2019. Let's go. 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem, 10 and 10. Not listed. Idaho State and UMass, because they stink. <gasps> Shocker. Number 10, Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. 
The Flames went 6-6 six and six last year in their first year of independence. Now Hugh Freeze, the former Ole Miss coach, is the man calling the place with Stephen Buckshot Calvert, mm-hmm. Spencer's favorite quarterback, Yep, coming off a 3,000-yard passing season. Add to that back-to-back 1,000-yard receiver Antonio Gandy-Golden, who is not elite, and a 1,000-yard rusher Frankie Hickson. Third worst team BYU will face, but interesting nonetheless. BYU's got him in Provo. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, not worried when we go to Lynchburg either. <laughs> That's the name of a city. Are we serious? Number nine, South Florida. The Bulls started 7-0 last season. Then they lost the next six. That's not good. The new OC is Kerwin Bell, who led Valdosta State to the D2 title, putting up 52 points a game last year. Former five-star recruit quarterback Blake Barnett runs the show after stops at Alabama and Arizona State. Nine starters return on O, six on defense, but they give up the ninth most rushing yards per game in the country. See, this one is a little bit low to me. I, I would think the Bulls would be higher on your list, but maybe I'm just really worried about the Eastern time zone trip. Perhaps. They're on a six-game losing streak. That's not good. Number eight. San Diego State, the 7-6 and six Aztecs lost four Mountain West games by a total of 17 points. They put up 21 a game. That was 12th worst in FBS. So they have the new, same OC in Jeff Horton, but a new spread scheme this fall. Juwan Washington came one yard short of 1,000. He averaged five yards a carry, had 10 touchdowns. That was despite missing four games. That's the lone bright spot coming back. Third-round pick tight end Kahale Waring is gone. San Diego State has a good running back. That's weird. Yeah, super weird, right? Uh, Donnell Pumphrey and uh, what's-his-bucket, my guy with the Seahawks. Can't remember. Number seven, Toledo. <laughs> what is it? I can't remember. One of the Mac's most consistent programs equaled BYU's 7-6 and six record last year, and that was with a conference-leading 40 points per game. Gone are the Rockets' top three receivers. However, both starting quarterbacks are back, both running backs return. That defense, however, give up 30 a game, 255 through the air. This is another weird game, Eastern time zone, against a team that can beat BYU. The glass bowl is not to be fooled with. I would expect that we could have a 2016 shootout again sure. in that game. Sure. Number six, Utah State. It's hard to know where Utah State uh, would would be after an 11-2 and season, finished ranked number 22 in the AP poll. They could be anywhere from four to six on this list, honestly. Gary Anderson back in Logan. Uh, Matt Wells and a lot of his staff at Texas Tech now. Quarterback Jordan Love back. Only two returning starters, however, on offense. And none of the offensive coaches, including O.C. David Yost, from the number two scoring offense in the country. Are the Aggies better than one of the Cougars' Power 5 opponents? That's my first question. That's the question. I'm not sure because... Only two returning starters, one lineman and Jordan Love, and not the same staff and scheme. All right, let's go top five. Number five, USC. In spite of a 5-7 and seven record, SB Nation's S&P Plus had USC at number 46 last year and has the Trojans at number 29 going into this season. New OC Graham Harrell took over for the departed Cliff Kingsbury, who went into the office and then walked out to Arizona. Both quarterbacks back. Look for this Trojan offense to be better than 26 points per game last year. It's lowest in 11 years. I expect a bounce back. By the way, are you thinking of Ronnie Hillman from no. San Diego State? No. no. Okay, we'll keep working on that. Uh, I can look it up. Number later. four. Tennessee, new OC Jim Chaney from Georgia is expected to make a big difference from a bottom 10 offense in the country to at least out of the doldrums of the SEC on that side of the ball. Eight returning starters, including quarterback Jaron Guarantano. Nine wins the last two years, not good. I look for seven or eight from this group this year in the tough SEC. So is it better if Utah State is higher on this list and USC and Tennessee hit like five, six, or seven? Would that like, fare better for BYU? Yeah. Like I said, four, yeah, four through six, Utah State could be in there 
in, in any of those spots, honestly. Four through six was the hardest to figure out. I, and I did six for Utah State because of your testing. Number three, <laughs> Boise State. <laughs> there aren't many programs more consistently good than the Broncos nationally. 52 and 15 the last five years under Brian Harson. It's been that long, right, without Chris Peterson. Quarterback Brett Rippon, running back Alexander Madison are gone. But the Broncos have produced a 1,000-yard rusher in the past 10 years, the current FBS record. Florida State is the opener. I expect Boise State to be good again in spite of the fact that we don't know necessarily how good Chase Cord's going to be and who's going to be that 1,000-yard rusher. It's what they do. Has Boise State primed to be upset by a team like Utah State this year for the Mountain West Conference Championship? It, it, it looks like this could be a year where that happens, but I just I just trust the heck out of... Uh, it's Rashad Penny, by the way. Okay, now, now it's... Uh... The top two, Jerem. The top two, which will give you number one. Number two, Washington. Oh! If it wasn't for eight NFL draft picks this year, UW would be number one still. 15th in S&P Plus going into the season. 10-4 and four last year. Pac-12 champs. Quarterback Jake Browning replaced by Georgia transfer and former five-star local guy Jacob Eason. Chris Peterson develops talent. He replaces quality players every year. I expect Washington to be a contender in the North again. Which means that number one, Jerem, is who? Utah. This is the first Utah team expected to be really good in the Pac-12, like maybe win it. It has everything to do with the return of Zach Moss and a new OC in Andy Ludwig, who was the OC in 2008 in the Sugar Bowl when Utah went undefeated and beat Alabama. He's back after being the OC at Vanderbilt. That defense is legit, man. Bradley and I, Lecky Fotu on the line, secondary loaded, Jalen Johnson at corner, Julian Blackman's going to move to safety to replace... Marquise Blair. This team's loaded. The bad news, or good news if you're a BYU fan, kicking specialist Mitch Wisnowski and Matt Gay have graduated. They were the best of their position, and those are the top 10 teams BYU will face in 2019. The Utah Utes, the toughest opponent on BYU's schedule in 2019, according to Jerem Jordan. How do you feel about it? Hashtag BYUSN if you want to chime in. So much of this is based on who's coming back, and then you don't know who's plugging certain spots, right? That's, that's the great question. Utah has a walk-on kicker, but the last time Utah featured a walk-on kicker, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Matt Gay. That guy ended up winning the Lou Groza. And I, getting drafted into the National Football League. I don't League. feel like it's the same anymore. Coming up, <laughs> Elijah Bryant could be switching teams in Israel next season. And why is Taysom Hill in the news in mid-June, Jerem? Is it just because he's Taysom? Is his name Let's worthy hope it's of news? Not just, just because period. he threw a touchdown pass at practice. Headline: Taysom Hill. <laughs> Next, this is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, Moroni Laulupu Tao. Show is always on demand, Jerem. Yes, it is via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Athlon Sports ranks BYU quarterback Zach Wilson number 46 among 130 FBS quarterbacks. Wilson was the third highest ranked quarterback from a Utah school and sixth on BYU schedule. Cougars in the NFL. Taysom Hill and Ziggy Ansah both involved for their respective teams in the Saints and Seahawks minicamps. Hill had a touchdown pass yesterday. Yay! While Ansah just participated in walkthroughs. Got to get that guy healthy. Volleyball. Bear Lake had eight digs to help Team USA beat Poland. Three sets to one today in China. Tomorrow the U.S. plays hosting China, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Another BYU women's volleyball All-American, Ronnie Jones-Perry, selected to the women's Pan-American team 
She'll play in a series of exhibition matches this weekend. And off the block, put together an NCAA tournament all-decade team. A pair of BYU brothers made the list. Taylor and Brendan Sander, both on that list. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver, an all-star in the Carolina League after hitting 273 with six home runs, 32 runs batted in his 50, first 54 games this season. He's one of seven from Class A advanced Carolina, or excuse me, the Fayetteville Woodpeckers. That That's intense, man. Colton's hitting some serious, serious bombs. Cougars overseas. Upwell Jerusalem is oh. considering bringing in Elijah Bryant after playing for Elliott <laughs> last season. Hopewell Jerusalem is the premier professional basketball club of Jerusalem, won the Israeli League in 2015 and 17. Bryant's current team, Hopewell Elliott, lost the first game of the Israeli League semifinals. Bryant had 19 points in the game. Okay. All right. Today's rise and shout outs now. Hey, speaking of mini camps of NFL teams, I'm giving mine to Kai Nakua, who posted a picture with the uh, statement of high point. An interception at the Carolina Panthers minicamp. Dude is battling to stay in the league. And quite honestly, it's inspiring. Love his attitude. He's bounced around. He's seen some time with the Cleveland Browns. Played in a ton of games. Played in 16 games. Didn't play at all last year. Was in Baltimore for a little bit. And now he's trying to make it with Carolina. Yeah. Mine goes to BYU Hoops. Uh, According to Mark Pope, a tweet recently, he said the BYU has shot 150,000 shots. 115. Sorry, 15,000 shots. Since April 23rd, the most of anyone in the country, according to Shot Tracker, which is this program they use. That's a lot of shots, man. 115,000 combined shots. Ever more since, than Duke, more than Michigan State, yeah. more than any other team. Hopefully BYU uses the annex because the last two years BYU has had an annex and hasn't made the tourney. So it's like, well, wait, we made the tourney without the annex. Do we need the Yes, we need the annex. Let's okay. go. Okay, okay. Got to take advantage, right? Our question of the day. In honor of Team USA's 13 to nothing win in the Women's World Cup, what is the most satisfying blowout victory in BYU sports history? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. At Plan 300 says, if pure satisfaction is the key, the 31-3 blowout of Washington in 1985 has to be up there. The Huskies were whining they should have been number one in 1984. It was nice to shut them up nine months later. <laughs> They're still talking about it. And so are we. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to a former number 78, Columbus Boone. See you tomorrow for Columbus BYU Sports Boone. Nation at noon Eastern. Go Cougs. Ooh.